Just as a reminder, you can visit us at thepandapod.com. That's thepandapod.com to grab our RSS feed, listen directly, and share PandaPod with your family and friends. You can also reach us directly via email through podcast at thepandapod.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome everybody to the Panda Pod. I'm your host for today, Wiggy, and we definitely have uh, the normals, Jeff and Rob. I refuse. I I object to being called normal, but I am here. <laughs> no, you're a normie. Re. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> and we have a special bonus friend today, Elia. Hello. Thanks for joining us. Elia is Jeff's fiance, and she is super excited about this topic as well as I am. Um, today we're going to talk about food a bit and how uh, big pharma and manufacturing are playing a role, are playing what I think may be too big of a role in our our intake of of food. Um. So the first thing that I want to start off talking about is uh, folic acid, uh, specifically. So folic acid, so one of the things that our body needs is is vitamin B9, which is also known as folate. Okay. Folate, what is that naturally in, do you know? Folate is naturally in, uh, like, leafy greens. Okay. Like spinach, lettuce, cabbage, uh, kale, all that good stuff, right? Um, well, I don't know about kale, but um, <laughs> definitely all those all those leafy greens that we need. Um, and it's a natural occurring vitamin. Folic acid is a byproduct of petroleum, and is a synthetic version. That's made of vitamin B9. So completely unnatural, not found in, not found in nature at all. But um, go ahead. You say it's made of vitamin B9. What does that actually mean? So, vita- so folate and vitamin B9 are essentially the same thing. Okay. Folic acid is synthetic version. Gotcha. Of vitamin B9. Mm. Okay. Um, so, and it's, and folic acid is, is a byproduct of petroleum. Okay. So that's a problem, first off. <laughs> because it's a byproduct of petroleum. It's not found in nature, like I said. It's not natural in any way. And in 1998, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration required that folic acid be added to enriched grain products, which is bread, pasta, rice, cereal. Um, and when so when you go to the store and you buy one of these things from the store, if you look on the back where the ingredients are, it'll say that like your bread is fortified or enriched. And that's what that means. 
the reason why they did this is because there was a study that happened way back in the day where they found that pregnant women weren't eating enough essentially of these leafy greens and getting enough folate because folate um the reason why we need it is because it helps with the creation of uh blood vessels so when you're pregnant that's really important because not only do you have the blood going back and forth between your body and the babies but you also have the baby's development so they uh, so they need extra folate or extra folate as well so instead of doing a campaign to say hey if you're pregnant you definitely need to change your diet so that you can um you know make sure that you're creating enough enough blood vessels we're just going to head and make sure that the entire population has this synthetic version placed in their food so what are like are there some kind of like negative side effects to this or i mean it's like they're making us basically convincing us that we need to be eating like human kibble which is really just like causing a host of like actual health issues because we're not eating like we're just eating mostly quote-unquote fortified grains Mm. you know like you're eating this like healthy cereal but like guess what if i eat cereal every day i'm gonna have a blood sugar crash and like be hungry all day and xyz you know so it just okay yeah like it's kind of like it's i think it's somewhat sinister but there are also like arguments to be made like for it i guess like if like they're able to convince people that it's like not bad but are are you eating like actually like nutritious food no like of the earth no you know sure yeah there's definitely a health a health side of it and there are and to your question jeff there there are side effects to folic acid so because it's not natural not ev- first off not everybody can actually process process it um there was a a special guest on on Rogan i think just a couple couple days ago maybe last week um that was talking about this and it's somewhere around 40% of people can't even process this um interesting now the side effects that do come with it is nausea loss of appetite bloating gas stomach pain um, bitter taste in your mouth, confusion, trouble concentrating, sleep problems, depression, and feeling excited or irritable. Interesting. That explains why I'm cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I'm also seeing here, I'm just doing like some research while we're talking, that like high doses of folic acid can cause accelerated mental decline, uh, colorectal cancer, as well as like more common cancer reoccurrence, um, says peripheral neuropathy, brain and nervous system damage. Now, I don't know if that's like these are the things that are happening to the people in the folic acid factory or something, you know, or whether it's consuming <laughs> right. it that does those things. But I mean, 
I suppose too much of anything is a bad thing. But... Yeah, too much too much of anything is a bad thing. Um, and, and I would say that most people probably aren't experiencing those things. However, let's think about fast food for a second. Almost anything you're getting from a restaurant that's not protein has this in it. Hmm. It's kind of like it's too you're getting too much of like these synthetic things. And I think in general, it's like if you eat it like truly in moderation, like once in a while, then fine, whatever. But when you have like a population that like what they can afford is Mm. some of this stuff, the synthetic stuff, then they're the sicker ones. Like it's kind of a, in a way, like you can see it as like a class thing too, like keeping people down, keeping people sick. Because it's only the people that can afford, like, the, that can afford to either make their own, I don't know, grow their own food uh, without using, like, because glyphosate is kind of, well, not to change the subject or to a different thing, but there's, like, you know, the pesticides that they're putting in the food, on the food, like, on the plants is also problematic but then they have all these like articles on the official like government or you know websites talking about how it's like not bad for you and so you're getting this information but obviously it's not good to be like consuming chemicals day in and day out and so to be able to afford to like eat healthier food is really a privilege to like get organic produce and have the time to be able to cook yourself a well-balanced meal like most people don't have the time or the money to do all of that and so they're having to like get something quick on the go and that quick thing is full of chemicals and it's making them sick and then they can't really even afford to like go to the doctor they're just getting like band-aid after band-aid in terms of medication and then getting cancer or like mental disorders. I mean, it's like all, it's all together. It's not just like folic acid. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I guess when we came into this episode, I'll be honest, I just didn't know a whole lot about folic acid. And just knowing Wiggy, I assume this is going to be like a grand conspiracy of some kind, but it really seems like a, like a rather mundane conspiracy that is very clearly like affecting so much you know, like it, because it's, it's not just that. It's also like corn syrup being in everything. It's also yep, food dyes it, being in everything. It's also heavy metals being mm-hmm. in everything. And then like all of that is really linked to like a bunch of disorders, a bunch of chronic illnesses, autoimmune disorders. Like I know someone who was recently talking about how she is starting to um she has that, like, I forget the acronym. It's like MTHFR or whatever gene that you yep. can't process stuff. And so she's having to, like, take, like, a methylated B-complex vitamin and a methylated, like, folate or something to be able to actually process it. And now she said that it's a game changer for her, which is awesome. But it's like a bunch of people can't even... Like, because, you know, we've been fed fed this processed stuff our whole life. We can't even, like, process it well on our own. It's a whole mess. Like, our bodies are 
a a mess from all this like exposure. And even like for me, like for a lot of us as an adult learning about the stuff, being interested in it, it's not that simple to just change your diet. Like you have to like detox from this stuff and find a way to be able to like actually absorb those nutrients. Cause there are some times where I can tell that I'm not like getting anything from like eating a salad. Like it's not absorbing, right? <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. That, that gene that you're, um, that your friend has and she's having them the methylated uh, B vitamin complex. Um, that's what that guy on Rogan was talking about. And that's one of those things that I mentioned in the very beginning. Like some people can't even process this stuff. And so you have to do gene testing to see whether or not you have one of these genes that make it so that you can't process this stuff. Like, right. And if you can't afford gene testing and if you can't which is afford like the methylated, yeah, like it, you're just going to be miserable and able to eat what you can for the rest of your life. Like, that's terrible. That's awful. Yeah. And these the good thing. One one thing that I do want to say is so since and, and this is something that we've talked about before, because, Jeff, you have you have people uh, in your more immediate family that are. um gluten averse right right right. so uh, without being tested right so say we didn't do any testing and we switched to a gluten diet and we stopped having all these problems guess what's not contained in gluten or in gluten-free products folic acid so it could be also a case that somebody may not have a gluten a, a, a gluten intolerance or gluten allergy, but may not be able to process the folic acid and is having almost the exact same identical problems as a gluten allergy. Yeah, I think that it's um, like for me, it's been in the last year and a half that I've like cut out gluten completely. If I do have it on accident, like for instance, it's in soy sauce. And so I recently found out that it was in ponzu sauce when I got like a sushi thing. And I bring like little gluten-free soy sauce packets with me to sushi restaurants so I can like still have it. But I had something that like I didn't realize, I just didn't look it up and I didn't realize that it had gluten in it. And the next day, my like lymph nodes are swollen. I feel like shit. I'm like, you know, having IBS type symptoms. and it's that noticeable just from like not very much of it. Whereas it used to be, I ate like pasta every single day. Like, I mean, I ate like gluten all the time. And here I was thinking like, oh, I just have a problem with dairy. And it's like, well, and there's another layer of it too. Like, I think that I do possibly have uh, like maybe Hashimoto's disease, but that's really, it's thyroid related. It's a thyroid-related um, autoimmune disease that's hard to test for because it has to do with your labs would basically can't be done statically. Like, they can't be read very well if you just get them done one time because the what's happening is you're going between hyper and hypothyroidism, and so it, like, flip-flops and causes all sorts of symptoms and whatever, but, like, a gluten intolerance is a pretty 
common thing as well as insulin sensitivity. So, um, like there have been some time, like for the most part, I think I can keep my, like, because I'm aware of this stuff and I'm interested in figuring this out and figuring out what's going on with me. I, for the most part, try to keep on top of keeping my blood sugar in check, like making sure that I have like enough protein in the morning and stuff like that. But if I don't, let's say there's a few days where I skip breakfast and have caffeine on an empty stomach, like I'm going to crash and I'm, you know, going to have issues. But, um, what point was I trying to make earlier? (laughs) Sorry. But cutting out gluten has been like a huge noticeably, like, like made a noticeable difference in my life. And I'm just lucky that I'm at a, like my college roommate, like 15 years ago, she couldn't eat gluten and all the gluten-free stuff was disgusting. Like it didn't taste good. And it was really hard to find out like what she could eat at a restaurant and things like that. And now a lot of restaurants have gluten-free items listed on their menu, or you can look online and see what like allergen information there is, or even like the waiters are like, knowledgeable about what's gluten-free on the menu. So it's just a lot easier to be able to work around it and to just avoid it. And then you don't feel bad. Like I used to (laughs) eat, I don't know, like a sandwich, you know, go down to Jimmy John's or something or get some fast food and then, or like eat pasta or something for lunch at work and be so stressed out. just like running on cortisol, like a stress hormone. And then crash so hard. It would be 2 p.m. I can barely keep my eyes open. So then I'm like grabbing a Red Bull and that's just not like the way to live, you know? Um, sure. And, and that's how all of us are living pretty much. I mean, that's the culture. And I order, like I'm the office manager at, a, at the company that I work for. And I think it's so funny that we like provide coffee for, you know, that's a thing that I purchase for the office, but it's like, I, it's so unhealthy, <laughs> you know, like, it's just really not like, why would you want to be like, feeding a caffeine addiction and a sugar addiction? Like, sure. and then also say that you have this benefit of like a health and wellness program. And it's like, if you cared about your employees health and wellness, then you would definitely not be providing them with like, sugar and caffeine all day. But that's neither here nor there. So, so I have a question about the restaurant thing. Maybe you know about this. Um, I heard that um, for people who have celiac disease, like the fact that many people have become gluten-free and that that's a common thing now is actually a problem for them because if there's trace amounts of grain in it, um, like they, they may still label it as gluten-free because they don't know they're not like doing the deep allergen research anymore because of the fact that there's so many people who are gluten-free. Is that true at all? Or is that just Mm, BS? I think so. A lot of, um, a lot of restaurants will have a disclaimer saying if you have celiac disease, because a lot of people, a lot of people are eating gluten-free, like in a keto way, if that makes any sense, or like paleo, like they're just on a diet where they're cutting it out. But And then a lot of people like 
I would say, I mean, I don't know if I have celiac disease, but I don't think that I do. I've just, I've never been tested for it. And now I don't think I'd be able to be tested for it because you have to be like actively eating gluten for like six weeks to get tested, like as part of the testing. And that would oh, like take me out at this point because it would sure. just destroy my lymphatic system and all that, like my immune system. But a lot of these menus will say, or like, especially if you're ordering something online and you're getting like a cauliflower crust pizza, it'll say like at your own risk if you have celiacs. Like they sure. can't, like it, the, there will be a disclaimer saying that they cannot control like cross contamination, especially like you're cooking in a pizza oven. You know, there's only so much that you, with other pizzas, there's only so much right, they can right. do about that. And so, um, you know, and for me, like, for instance, I, if I am eating out and I am eating like a gluten-free thing out like three, four days in a row, I'm going to start not feeling good. I get like fibromyalgia type symptoms, like, like aches and stuff. Um, and there's just like a host of symptoms that I'll get if I'm, if I do have a trace amount, but if I'm making something at home, like it's just, it's just harder to eat out in general. If you have any sort of intolerance, like my mom um, has something where she lacks the enzyme to process nightshades, which is like um, tomato, eggplant, peppers, potatoes as like kind of like a, some of the bigger notable ones. Sure. And so if she like were to like lick ketchup, or have something that had like even half a teaspoon of like, I don't know, potato starch in it. She would be like out with like a migraine for three days, like debilitating like symptoms. And so she basically is at the point now where she just can't eat out because sure. there is such a risk of that cross contamination. She just can't trust most restaurants. Um, and like I'm at a point now where I have cut out gluten, right? And I know that that was like a big trigger for me, but there are some times where I'm not feeling well and I'm like, dang, what am I eating? And there are just other, th you know, people talk about seed oil as being an issue. Um, and maybe it's because I'm eating stuff that's fried in a seed oil or like, um, there's just all these other chemicals, right? Like as if I'm not eating something that's like the fr like fresh ingredients that I'm, and I'm making a meal from scratch, then I am exposing myself to chemicals that could be bothering me, you know? And so it's just rough. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Interestingly enough, um, so you were mentioning that your friend had a problem with the MTHFR enzyme. Mm -hmm. um, so you were saying things like, you know, like, I feel like I might have Hashimoto's um, or something else that's going on, right? When you have MTHFR or a number of the other, I think there's four other different types of genes, and you're not properly able to methylate things like folic acid you have an increased uh propensity to get Hashimoto's 
Um, right. Yeah. So, so it wouldn't surprise me. So, and this is the thing that we we're talking about, like with like with gluten, right? Or not being able to get away from from these types of things. A lot of these have the same symptoms as the side effects of folic acid. They're very similar. So it could be either or. It could right. just be, you know, like like they're they're all very similar in what they do to your body. Um increase in inflammation, um stomach issues of all kinds. Um, you know, aches and pains in the body, um, all this kinds of stuff. And it's just being, it's being pushed. This is literally being pushed into our bodies by the government, um, which let's be perfectly honest. This is a, a, like I said, it's a petroleum byproduct. What's, what's more important to this country and this country's growth over the past 30 years than petroleum? Right. So, so let's let's be honest. There's companies behind this who are producing folic acid as a byproduct of the other things that they're making, and they don't have an easy way to get rid of it. So they've essentially paid the government to put it into our food, under the pretense that they're that they're helping pregnant women. Right. <laughs> well, and it, it's. I feel like it's. It, it is. <laughs> It, what's interesting to me and what I, because sometimes people ask me like, oh, what do you have? Have you been diagnosed with anything? And I'm kind of not the most into going to the doctor because I have been just like essentially not helped a lot by the, like by the doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm into like holistic medicine and stuff like that. I think that it is, there is power in like, um, like functional herbs and things like that. And so, but I think that some people rely on stuff like that too much as well. Like, I think if you go to the root of the thing, it's like, what am I going to feel the best if I'm eating like, um, organic grass fed meat? Like for instance, with Hashimoto's, what I found out is like, you really need, uh, like things that are high in selenium, which like organic grass fed beef is like a big one um there's all sorts of things that if you are eating more of that it's going to be helping with the um like conversion of t3 to t4 or whatever it is that is happening with thyroid function um and but Anyway, so people ask me if I've been diagnosed with anything or whatever, or what they think I have going on, because there was a point in time three-ish years ago that I was living in an apartment that had like a major leak on a window unit that was right next to my bed that was so bad that it leaked through the wall to the apartment below mine. And there was exposed mold right next to my bed for like two years and I gained like 50 pounds became crazy kind of if I'm being honest like got all this like intense anxiety and so there are certain things that like that messed with my hormones really a subject that I've been interested in lately is just like histamine histamine in general 
just throwing medicine, like over-the-counter medicine at every little thing isn't the answer. Like we're, we're throwing synthetic things into our food, like water into supplements, all this stuff. And it's like, or you could literally just eat a carrot. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, and not to mention, just like you were saying, you were researching histamines, right? Um, So other things that are made from petroleum and natural gas, right? So these are things that we either put in our body or on our skin or, or whatever. This is all stuff. I've got a list of stuff that's made from this stuff. And when, so when we start to think about the problems of a petroleum based system, which is something that we're looking into now. Um, I mean, part of the growth of the developed world is because of plastics, right? Um, However, take a look at this one. Antihistamines, aspirin, candies and gum, dishwashing liquid, food preservatives, lipstick, assortments of pharmaceuticals, toothpaste, and vitamin capsules are all derivatives of oil and natural gas products. So not only is this stuff in our food, it's also in the stuff that we take to combat the problems that are given to us by the food. So when I talk <laughs> so when I talk about a conspiracy, this is what I'm talking about. It's it's everywhere. It's permeated like deodorant, shampoo, everything that we put on our bodies and in our bodies has this stuff. Yeah. And, and that's all... why I'm trying to like get into like there are a few herbalists that I follow and they talk about this stuff and it's not just in a like buy my stuff sort of way but it's like do you want to start feeling better for real because like you need to not take that like that synthetic medicine is not helping you it's just taking the symptom away yeah and it may give you and it may give you other symptoms right like because i mean how many times have we seen a, a commercial for a medication which is going to sound to anybody crazy to anybody who's not in the United States or Australia that we have commercials <laughs> for medication, but it, and you see the the warning at the end, which is thirty seconds long and lists all the things that are going to go wrong with you, and the and the last one's always and death, right? Um, <laughs> so so thinking about that just. So we'll, we'll we'll put a little bit of a pin in this, but and and we'll probably maybe we'll come back to it later. But I just want to say this is something that is serious. And and the way that I got into this is because I have I know I have a genetic issue with high blood pressure that is actually being controlled with with proper medication. Um, and I'm a lot better because of it. However, I'm also a type two diabetic. And had 
I firstly been educated the correct way and the things that I should be eating and not be eating and the ways that I shouldn't shouldn't eat out all eat out at restaurants all the time. Um and had the money to do so to Elia's point earlier. I I don't think I'd have the problems that I have today. Um and so I think it's really important to you can control what you put in your body. Is it always realistic to say, okay, I can, you know, only get my beef grass fed from a local farmer, right? Like that's, that's incredibly difficult to do. Um, Also in the world that we, we live in, it's, it's incredibly difficult to pre-plan and prepare meals and things like that. And I mean, part of it is we've just gotten used to, you know, just grabbing the burger from whatever fast food chain we prefer, but it's, it's really something that I wanted to talk about and, and kind of give people a, a a heads up on if they didn't know, Um, like Jeff was saying, he didn't really know anything about this. And I was like, why? (laughs) Right. Right, um, yeah. Cuz yeah. 2 years ago I was diagnosed with pre-diabetic and I you know it, all it took for me to combat that really was cutting soda out of my life. You know, like as soon as I stopped drinking soda for like every beverage I went and grabbed uh my you know um A1C A1C, thank you. My A1C went back to where it should be. And then I found that as soon as I stopped ordering DoorDash for every meal, that, you know, it stayed even lower, you know. And it's you mentioned how, you know, it could be difficult to, you know, source, you know, grass-fed organic stuff, you know, free-range stuff. This is something Elia has really driven into me, is the idea that, like, if you just do it you know if you just go and you 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 go to whole foods or you go to a local butcher whatever you got to do if you spend the money on it and you do it you're gonna feel better like i'm i'm feeling so much better since we really switched over to this and you know we also find that like if we're not going out and eating at restaurants all the time you know then the money that we were spending on that stuff it just goes into the groceries to buy the better stuff that we're eating at home. And it makes such a huge, it's made such a huge difference for me. Like I just feel better. Like I don't spend every morning on the toilet. You know what I mean? Like it's amazing how much better I feel. It's crazy. And ultimately too, it's like preventative care. Like you are, I think so many people spend so much money on like going to the doctor because they're not, actually taking care of their bodies and they don't know how you know yeah a hundred percent one hundred percent and that's why and that's that's the other part of it and why i kind of mentioned big pharma and manufacturing in the beginning is because there's no way so we know that doctors don't treat illnesses they treat symptoms unless you have something like cancer right unless you have cancer which is the only thing that they actually try to treat um because right or that, something like for example keep you around. when i was a kid i had like bad 
like I got pneumonia really bad and like was in the hospital and had all these breathing treatments or whatever. And I like lived (laughs) obviously. So like, there's obviously a place for Western medicine or like I've had many a (laughs) broken bone, like, you know, there's a place for that. But in terms of just like a primary care doctor or even like, that's it. It's just like, what are your symptoms? Okay. A cough here. Oh, and this post-nasal drip. Okay. You need this one. Like, it's just, it's just what, what can I call in for you? And it's. Yeah. And that's where the money comes from, right? The pharmaceutical companies that are, you know, and my, my mom worked at a, a doctor's office for a while and the pharmaceutical reps would come in and they buy everybody in the office dinner or lunch and like smooth their way in and talk to doctors to try to get them to prescribe their medication that's patented over a generic version of the medication if they can and push stuff. And that's an entirely different conversation because that's a long conversation, but to your point, but to your point, yeah, like they're just they're just pushing pushing the band-aids that have all these side of other side effects and, and problems with them and they're not actually treating the problem. And so I, I wanted to go back to something because I I thought sure. about something when you were talking about um you know like just basically not knowing essentially like how to better take care of your body before you developed like, you know, issues that are now needing to be like managed by medication. And I think that the, if you want to get like conspiracy about it, like I feel like the issue, the root of the issue is capitalism and like my, so my mom, when I was growing up was a stay at home mom. And she didn't grow up in the U.S. She grew up in Belgium. And so when she when I was growing up, like she always cooked everything from scratch and obviously had time to do so. Like she prepared mine and my brother and my dad's lunch every day and then, you know, had dinner for us. We sat at the table, ate dinner. You know, it was this routine, healthy thing that we did every single day and yes there were some like you know I did like eat there are some ways that we ate that like I probably wouldn't now like I wouldn't eat cereal or whatever but in general you know it was a more healthy way to live it was rare for us to go out to eat um it was like such a treat and I was so jealous of my friends that got to like eat fast food more often or have soda at their house like if I had a sleepover at someone else's house we got to like have fast food and soda I was like elated and um but like it was but I what we also didn't have like as nice of stuff because just my dad like my dad was the breadwinner I mean he like did well for himself like we were like I don't know lower middle class or whatever and he worked his way up but um like it was I lived in Northern Virginia at the time and I was jealous of my friends that like had all this stuff and my mom would explain to me okay your friends have these big houses because both their parents work 
all day and they're really not around. And so like, just cherish the moments that you have, like at home, like you just live a different life. And it's like, you know, and it, she wasn't saying it in a judgy way, but just trying to explain to me, like, first of all, that these people are in debt. Like you would have all these people that had, you would drive around and see these mansions, but people couldn't even afford to have like curtains. You know, it's like they bought the house, congrats, but like they don't, you know, then what, you know, like, and I really believe that like in this, you know, I can be a workaholic. It's something I'm working on. Like (laughs) I was running late to this because I was at work, you know, like it's all this like, go, go, go. And then, okay, well, I guess I just need to like eat something really fast. I mean, I clock out for 15 minutes to eat. I am allotted, like I'm supposed to be taking an hour lunch. I live close enough to home that I could be coming home for lunch every day. But like, I'm so busy that like, I'm just like scarfing something down. Like I've been trying to be better about bringing my food, but it's hard. It's not easy to do. And like, I do think that's a really big problem with like the health and it's the culture and ultimately it's, it's money, you know, it's capitalism on all sides because it's also like the factory farming industry, et cetera, et cetera. That's all trying to make money too. the, the corn industry. I mean, it's like, everyone's just trying to make so much money that like nobody's taking care of themselves or taking time to like live, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And and going back to what we were talking about at the beginning, I mean, if you, consider for a second like i mean i'll I'll, i i will be happy to buy into the idea that you know maybe they are putting this in food because they happen to have uh it lying around from petroleum and all that stuff like that with the folic acid but i mean ultimately the the calculation is just like how can we feed as many people as possible and keep them relatively healthy for the tiniest amount of money so we can, you know, reap giant profits. Um, and so, I mean, if if it wasn't for that last part, that's not a terrible plan, right? I mean, feeding as many people as possible and trying to keep them as healthy as possible, that's that's great. But the fact that they are also, you know, trying to do it on a dime um, means that they have to feed everybody fortified breads and put the folic acid in there because they know people aren't going to buy multivitamins at the store because they have to, you know, budget. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's the problem. Right. And I mean, the only thing that we can do is, I mean, if you take whatever you take from this podcast, I mean, most of the information we try to give is as factual as possible, but we're, we're, I'm, uh, I'm going to put the disclaimer. And I think we said this in the initial episode we ever did, but we're also wildly going to get shit wrong sometimes. Um, so definitely do your own research. But It's also just such a tangled web. Like, yeah. there is no right answer. Even with me and my own just trying to, like, just being interested in this stuff for my own health purposes, I have no clue what's actually going on. I have a lot of hunches, and it. I also don't think it's just one thing, you know? It's the environmental factors and the stress and the trauma and the this, that, and the other. It's all these sorts of things that tie in together to me feeling like shit every day, you know, and trying to like 
remediate that the best I can, you know, but it's more than just like, oh, this is in your food, you know? Sure. Yeah. And, and I'm going to take this opportunity to jump over to something else that's, that's similar in the conspiracy theory space. Okay. So there's something that's been happening since, oh, I don't remember. I think it's 1940 in the 1940s, um, 1945. So what I'm talking about is fluoride that's in our water. Okay. Now, in 1945, Grand Rapids, Michigan became the first U.S. city to essentially put extra fluoride in its public water supply. The reason why they did this is because they thought if we put fluoride in the water, it would help children from getting cavities. Now, once again, they're putting something in they're putting something in they're putting something extra in something that we consume that's naturally not there in order to target a smaller portion of the population. So lots of states, so this is this isn't a national thing. It's a state by state thing. However, over half of the states in the US put fluoride in their water. And there's a couple problems with this. So First off, there's a thing that's called fluoride poisoning, <laughs> which which is is very similar to um, the the things that it will do to you is very similar to nerve agent or like like toxic nerve agent damage. Um, and we were we talked a little bit on our last episode about. Uh, like World War II and, and nerve agents and all that kinds of stuff. And the reason why we got here is because, so instead of taking that technology and doing something, I mean, you could say that fluoride is is good for your teeth, which it is in moderation, but now it's just being put into your drinking water. And so just like folic acid being put into uh, our food, fluoride is being put into our drinking water. And one of the big things and one of the big side effects to fluoride, having fluoride in the population. So they've, they've done some studies and the cities that have done this, that have the larger uh, ratios of fluoride in the water, their population is dumber. Wow. So, okay. so, so they're essentially destroying the intelligence of the populace. By putting Wait, can you, can you fluoride. like give some more information about dumber? Like dumber is such a, a vague I, term. <laughs> so, so, so by, by IQ. Okay. So, so by IQ, by IQ and testing, the states that have fluoride in their drinking water are less intelligent. I am furiously consuming toothpaste to uh, get dumber on purpose. Yeah, yeah, well, it'll do it. It'll do it to you. Um, you wanna... But this is also a government-mandated thing, just like the folic acid. This is a government-mandated thing, albeit more on a local scale 
of things that it's ha- that are happening to people and a concern. Like, if you need it, brush your teeth. If you don't brush your teeth, you're going to have problems. But I'm also going to be honest with you. Once you're beyond the age of 35, which is how long humans used to live before some versions of our modern medicine started keeping us alive till we're 105. That's all your teeth were meant to. That's how long your teeth were meant to exist for. Like, (laughs) I I don't know if that's true. I think if you scrub your skeleton well enough, you can keep it in good shape. Well, there's things that you can do to extend that. Right. And I think, I think small amounts of fluoride and brushing your teeth and taking care of your gums and all those kinds of things will give you a longer longevity to your teeth. Right. What's right. interesting to me is I feel like I have a little bit of a conspiracy theory against fluoride, but not in a, any sort of scientific way. Like it's one of those things where I think down the line, like being a person that generally like gets stuff at the health food store. Like I just started using like fluoride free toothpaste and I was doing that for a while And then at one point, I just like missed the taste of like crust toothpaste or whatever. And so I would say for maybe a year, I was using like not just crust, but the crust kids with the sparkle fun flavor. That's like bubble mint because it's (laughs) fun. And that's that's so legit. But it also like had the first of all, it had the exact same ingredients as the adult toothpaste, which was wild to me. And so I was like, hell yeah, I'll just use this. And then, but so I was using just like conventional toothpaste for about a year. And I was noticing that my, like, I was feeling like I had to brush my teeth more. Like my, like there was like more plaque buildup, like on a regular basis. And then at some point I switched back to this like fluoride free toothpaste and my teeth feel cleaner than ever. And like one time I was FaceTiming with my friend and she was brushing her teeth and she didn't, she like spit her toothpaste out, but did not rinse her mouth out with water. And I was like, are you not going to rinse out your mouth? And she was like, my dentist told me not to, because it like helps keep the fluoride in. And to me, that seems like a, like, I don't know. That seems like I've never been told that. That seems like a new thing that blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah, so something's amiss. So, so let's let's add in some of the things that we were talking about before, right? So the bad food, the the fact that you know candy is a put is in and toothpaste are petroleum based products, right? Um, and then talk about how how often. We have to go to a dentist or how often, you know, you have to get a cavity filled or or what have you. And you start to see a conspiracy there, too. And that's why I think I think all of this is is kind of connected by Big Pharma overall. Absolutely. Um, they they are the one of the biggest lobbyists in, in our in our country, and they own a lot of politicians and it's been that way for quite a while and it would not surprise me if they were behind all this stuff to keep us sick so that they could make money and insurance is one of the biggest 
money makers in capitalism. But like by far. Um, because the amount of people who actually make claims on things versus people who pay into insurances is really low. And they get they have all the power to negotiate their prices with hospitals and doctors and dentists and and all of these things. They have all the power. So they just make money hand over fist. And so once again, I think you're right. I think I definitely think the corporate nature of of our society has a pretty big impact on our health right now. Um much more so than before. I think it started in the 50s when they started trying to figure out, you know, after World War II, they started trying to figure out how they can properly um, distribute food, like frozen meals and things like that, and how heavy they advertise this stuff. And it's just gotten stuck in our our culture. Um, kind of to your point before is, you know, the culture has to change. And so the only way we can change this is family by family until they get the hint, right? Like, there is no... I mean, sure, we could hope that some poli some actual politician that actually gives a shit tries to do something about it. But let's be honest, they probably just wind up getting whacked. <laughs> like, like, there's yeah. just too much money. There's just too much money around this in order for us to, to do anything about it on a on a grander scale. Yeah, and insurance hey. is also a useful tool for social control because you have to have a job to have insurance most of the time. Mm -hmm. You yep. don't have any yep. kind of good plan at all. Yeah, let's wrap it all up. Let's wrap it all up in a government conspiracy bundle. <laughs> maybe the, the conspiracy is just government. Like, maybe government is just doing all this. You know, I can't figure out what else the government's doing. Did you, did you just turn into a small government Republican, Jeff? Did that just happen on air? Fifth. <laughs> no, like I, I think that's more of an anarchist view of it. Really, <laughs> like I just don't think that the government is is capable of doing these things. And that it, we're way better, like, actually self-governed, you know, in those ways. Like, I don't know. I, that's a whole other episode. But Yeah, there's a couple other episodes that we can have around this topic. Like, I, f um, I feel like um, a whole other layer that I've, that I've thought about earlier is um, to do with like women's health specifically as well, because oh, yeah. like birth control pills really deplete so much. So that's why so many women have all these autoimmune disorders and it, that's a whole other layer of it. It's crazy. It's capitalism of the patriarchy. Don't get me started on birth control and the problems that that causes are family insane romance and all the different kinds of things that they fucking mess with wiki did you just like, become roman catholic live on air i did <laughs> i did this has been an I, episode I, of conversions yeah the the conversion conspiracy <laughs> um <laughs> no like so even in my in my own personal 
in my own personal life. So I just want to talk, I'll talk about this real quick since it, it, we're touching on this subject. So for a long time, my wife was on, was on birth control and essentially what it did was turn off her emotions. Um, to the point where it was, it was really tough, um, for a while for us to, like, we, we were, we were in that space where, you know, people go through cycles in their relationships, right? But because of the birth control, we were forced into this, like, roommate posture, right? Um, that you hear lots of people talk about. When she got off of the birth control, she started having her emotions again. And they were because because the hormones were being regulated to this really crazy level beforehand with the birth control, she didn't know how to control them. And I wasn't used to them. So yeah. and th so for the first year we were fighting nonstop after she got off the birth control because I didn't know how to handle her with emotions because she didn't have them for a really long time. And she didn't know how to handle her emotions because she hadn't had them since she was a teenager. So And so many women truly don't know how to like work with their cycles either. I mean, like, and it, I, it's so crazy. Like, and it's crazy to feel crazy too <laughs> as a person who has had many a mood swing. Like it's, it's wild and throwing a pill to just be like at it to be like, Oh, you'll calm down if you just take this. But meanwhile, it's just like making you so much more sick in like every other aspect of your life is wild. Yeah. It's, it's, it's bananas. And like it, it causes, they cause depression, which is also something that she went through during that time. Like it's, it's just, it's bananas what they're doing to, to women's bodies through through medication like this and pretending that things are simple right mm -hmm. oh take this and you won't get pregnant but once again we're not going to tell you about all the 12 different side effects that come on the commercial you know what's the last one ending in death of your significant other right right like <laughs> like it's just it's it's pretty bananas and you know to your point it's it's just it's not healthy. People don't, you know, right. Being able to regulate that your, yourself, and also be, you know, having a partner that's like, regardless of who you are, having a partner that's used to your your cycles that can identify when something's happening and when something's maybe not about a specific topic, and maybe more, it's just about. Maybe one of the hormones is going whack, right? Because it's a cycle thing. Yeah. Um, and understanding, you know, like it's, it's just, it's maddening. It's truly crazy. And I think at the root of it, it's also like being able to get some of that under control comes back to the food thing. Like if, if women better knew how to support their bodies at different times in their cycle, then they wouldn't have these crazy fluctuations that are making them like, you know, enraged and whatever. Like, like the intensity of PMS symptoms is not, it's normal in terms of like, it's common, but it shouldn't be happening. You're, you should be 
eating better and eating it a certain way throughout your cycle. So that way you can like better support these hormone fluctuations. Um, so yeah, it all comes back to just like learning about nutrition and also doctors like literally don't know shit about nutrition. Crazy. Oh yeah. They had, they hella don't. Um, like one time, one time when I was like, definitely not like overweight, I was like, at most not even like that chubby honestly I was pretty small I was told but I was uh like very dense I guess like more muscular and so I was told that I needed to like my BMI was a little bit high here's this diet thing first of all this is at the gynecologist where they're giving me this little like photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy from something from like the 90s that had diet coke and coffee on it and like cottage cheese it was like that type of diet and I was like, I literally eat better than this now. No, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I exercise all the time. Please leave me alone. Like, don't make me feel bad about myself because of your stupid BMI. Like, hey, don't uh, make fun of my diet. <laughs> That's my diet current coffee, diet. Okay, <laughs> Look, coke, coke, diet, diet Coke, coffee, and cottage cheese. That is. <laughs> All I that's that's all I am right now is diet delicious. Coke. No, no, I've I've been changing my diet, but um, <laughs> it's not far off to how I was eating before. So, but it's just it's crazy, like the the way that they the wild things that they recommend for weight loss. Too, I don't know. This system's whack. That's all I gotta say. It's so crazy. and so. We can we can we'll end this on this on on this note that we'll end this episode on this note, but I, I want to bring it up real quick. So the rage that's going on right now with diabetes medication that is now being used for weight loss, like Ozempic, right? Um, doctors are prescribing this medication to people for them to lose weight. And that's not necessarily what the drug is supposed to be for. It's It was an initially designed for people who had type 2 diabetes to help them manage how much food that they ate so that they would eat less, so they would have a caloric deficit, so that they would lose weight, which would help them in 12 different ways in order to reduce their A1C over time in a controlled way. So if you get on a medication like this, the most you're expected to lose as far as weight gain would be a maximum of like four pounds a week, right? Because you're just eating less. You just have a caloric deficit. And, but what people are doing is they're getting this medication and they're ramping up on it really quickly. And it, there's, there's shortages of these medications, because so many people are just trying to use them to lose weight. And what they're doing is they're ramping up on them really quickly instead of taking the time to properly go up doses. And they're getting to the point where they're even losing bone density because of these drugs. Like they're That's not just crazy. losing fat, they're losing bone density. And they would rather do that than just eat a little less. I found out that like, there was a group of like I don't know eight women standing there. They're all on some type of medic, like weight loss medication, like that, and they're like essentially bragging about like not eating a lot. Like, oh yeah, I just had like you know a bar, like a like Nutrigrain bar for lunch 
yesterday and that was it. And I'm like, are you okay? Like, that's not, <laughs> not that's not healthy. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, they're taking it to an extreme, right? Like they're and not nourishing they're their this, body. Right. They're not eating and they're also not eating properly. Right. So they're going to have all these symptoms. Also, when they go off of the medication, because they will have to, they will go off the medication. They're just going to balloon back up because they haven't changed their, their habits. Right. That's right. why this is an overtime thing that you need to get adjusted to. Like I am getting ready to actually start one of these medications and I'm actually really excited about it because it's going to help me get to back to a place where I'm not eating fucking 3000 calories for one meal. Right. Like, right. I'm just not but eating as much, but I'm doing it over time. And you're and also mindful about it and, and thinking more than just like, like the, the I don't know, loss. like the weight loss. Yeah. Like yeah. you are trying to like, I do think that some of these medications can like genuinely be a tool towards like better habits, you know? Yeah. But some and, people and are really. That's the thing. Like, that's just, that's just the thing, you know, like people are, doctors are prescribing this medication to people or they're getting it secondhand. First off, I don't know how the hell people do that, but apparently that's widespread too. Like they're just getting these generic versions of these medications that just came on the market. Are you um, telling me that your drug dealer doesn't kill, carry Ozempic? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a drug dealer, but you okay. know, if I had one, I mean, maybe you know somebody who does have one. You can ask them if they carry Ozempic. We'll find out. Um, but like, it's just... It's this is another another we're going to prescribe this to fight a symptom instead of use this like it, I would be fine with them using this for everybody if it also came along with an understanding of okay so you're going to start eat start to eat a little less but these are the foods you need to eat that are nutrient dense that are going to give you what you need. And you're going, and eventually when we start to take you off the medication, you're not going, your stomach's going to shrink a little bit and you're not going to be used to eating all these gigantic amounts of food and you're going to be eating correctly. So when you're eating correctly, it's no longer going to be a problem anymore. And then your life is, you know, but the doctors literally better. don't have the time in their yeah, two minute time slot that they're allowed to talk to you to even inform you of any of that, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah they're not so treating the, like, we, we said it before. They're, they're not there to treat root causes. They're treat, there to treat symptoms with medications that are pushed by the pharmaceutical industry. So I follow uh, Marion Williamson and she says a lot that we don't have a healthcare system. We have a sickness care system. I think that's absolutely. Yeah, that is true. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It's just in and out, in and out. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I think that's gonna conclude our our initial episode here. I think we'll have more, but I think this is our initial episode on on just the general conspiracy of the pharmaceutical industry, the manufacturing industry, and the government coming together to make sure that we don't eat food that's nutrient dense and rich and has extra stuff in it that we absolutely don't need 
or can't even process in our natural bodies. And I just want to, you know, just take the moment to say, do some research yourself. Please start to eat better. Take care of yourself. You know, none of us, I don't think, really want to live to be 105 and not be able to walk or move or eat or, you know, we're pooping in our own diapers by then. But at least give yourself time, extra time to spend with your family and be able to move around without having to worry about having a heart attack or whatever the case may be. Just learn how to eat better, please. Um, but with that, thank you guys all for joining us today. And I hope you guys have a, a fantastic week and we will see you later. Bye.